a Podcast One production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Christmas Eve, the 24th of December. Sydney's COVID cluster hotspot, the Northern Beaches, has been split into two as the New South Wales government announced a slight easing of restrictions for Christmas Day. Residents in the north of the peninsula will still be shut down with a strict limit on guests, while those living in the southern suburbs of the Northern Beaches will still not be able to travel outside the area but will be allowed more visitors from across Sydney. As the list of COVID-affected venues continues to grow across Sydney, New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian has warned residents need to be careful over the festive season. You may choose not to have anybody into your home. You may choose not to move anywhere. And of course, the less mobility there is, the less risk of the virus being uh, transmitted throughout the community further. So whilst we appreciate the modest changes we've made over the next three days, we also accept and respect the fact that many families and many individuals may choose not to take up that opportunity because of the concerns they may have. The restrictions will be reassessed after Boxing Day. New figures show the Sydney cluster and border closures will cost the tourism and aviation industries $3 billion over the Christmas holidays. With tens of thousands unable to travel and bookings cancelled, it's expected tourism spending over the holiday break will almost halve. Despite the financial hit, Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk refuses to back down on shutting the Queensland border. I think it's a bit rich for New South Wales to start blaming Queensland and Victoria and whichever other state and territory she wants to blame. This has happened in New South Wales. We do not want our lifestyle compromised at this point in time. Meantime, the Australian Airports Association is calling on the federal government to step in and create a national policy on hard border closures between the states. It follows new research which shows more than half of us are concerned about being shut out of our own state or territory and needing to go into two weeks quarantine. Here is Chief Executive James Goodwin. That concern is higher than the perceived health risk of catching COVID whilst travelling. So this is very interesting research that the risk, the health risk, is actually secondary to those sudden border closures. Overseas now, and another new strain of COVID-19 has now been detected in the UK, which health authorities say is even more contagious. The second new variant of coronavirus is believed to have originated in South Africa. Here is UK Health Minister Matt Hancock. This new variant is highly concerning because it is yet more transmissible and it appears to have mutated further than the new variant that's been discovered in the UK. While millions more residents across the UK will be put into stricter lockdown measures from Boxing Day because of ongoing fears of rising infection rates across the country over the Christmas period. Meantime, in the US, as the COVID crisis continues to unfold, where one American is dying every 33 seconds from coronavirus, US President Donald Trump has again taken to social media over his election loss. He's released a video message calling on Americans to rally against what he is calling a fraudulent election. As president, one of my most solemn duties is to protect the integrity of your sacred right to vote. This year, using the virus as a pretext, 
Democrat officials in the key swing states illegally violated their own state laws in order to enable, encourage, and facilitate fraud on a scale never before seen in the history of our country. The truth is, we won the election by a landslide. We won it big. There are reports Mr. Trump is also threatening not to sign a multi-trillion dollar U.S. government funding and coronavirus aid package. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Christmas Eve. First to WA and Bradley Robert Edwards has been sentenced to life behind bars over the Claremont serial killings and will serve a minimum of 40 years in prison. The 52-year-old was yesterday sentenced for the murders of Jane Rimmer and Kira Glennon in the mid-1990s. Edwards was previously found not guilty of killing Sarah Spears, whose body has never been found. Our Perth reporter, Claire Baskus, was in court. Well, Tash, applause rang out in the courtroom as an emotionless Edwards was handed two life sentences for Ms Rimmer's and Ms Glennon's deaths. He won't be released for at least 40 years, the longest minimum term for murder in WA. Prosecutors had called for Justice Stephen Hall to deliver a never-to-be-released order, but Ms Rimmer's sister Lee says she's not disappointed that didn't happen. No, because he'll be about 90 before he gets out if he ever does. Edwards has also been sentenced for the sexual assault of a teenager in Karakata Cemetery and a sexually motivated attack on a woman in her Huntingdale home before the murders. Police Commissioner Chris Dawson has welcomed the outcome. Edwards is a killer, a sadistic rapist who preyed on innocent women. He devastated families and tormented the Western Australian community. The jailing of Edwards means the community is now safe from this terrible person. South Australia is set to become the first state in Australia to ban single-use plastics. From the 1st of March next year, the sales, supply and distribution of single-use straws, plastic cutlery and drink stirrers will be banned across the state. Any business that fails to comply could be hit with a fine of up to $20,000. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Peter Switzer from switzer.com.au. Good morning, Peter. Now, investors on Wall Street are waving in Santa Claus with a strong rally ahead of Christmas Day. That's right, Tash, and it happens nearly like clockwork more years than not that the US stock market really gets excited about Christmas and stock prices surge. It's actually called the Santa Claus Rally, which historically starts about two trading days before Christmas Day and rolls into the first week of the next year. It's happening right now with all of the major US stock market indexes in positive territory before the close, and we welcomed in Santa yesterday with a solid 47-point gain on the All Lords. After a strong November for stocks where our market was up around 10%, some market experts suggested there'd be no Santa Claus rally this year, but it looks like not even Donald Trump bagging the recently passed stimulus bill could shut down Christmas on Wall Street. No one can shut down Christmas. Also making news today, Peter, an historic Brexit trade deal is set to have been reached. Is this true? And yes, Tash, the stock markets of Europe and the UK really like the unofficial news about a deal that has been four years in the making since Great Britain voted to leave the EU. It was thought that the last sticking point over Europe's fishing rights in the UK waters was possibly going to stop a deal before January 1. And if no deal happened, then both sides could impose border checks and import taxes on each other's goods. This could have led to price changes in supermarkets and shops and a lot of cranky 
Europeans and Brits. It's also good news for stock prices worldwide, as a trade war would be bad for the global economy. Certainly hasn't been a smooth transition at all. Peter, also those shoppers who cannot wait for the Boxing Day sales could have less competition for bargains this year. What do you mean by that? Yeah, well, retailers are expecting less numbers with social distancing requirements and scanning at the doors of many of the smaller shops, bound to encourage many intrepid bargain hunters to go online on Boxing Day and beyond. Macquarie Bank retail experts think the COVID-19 experience has changed our shopping habits forever, and by 2025, $1.05 retail dollars will be spent via the internet. Now, Kogan.com has recently grown into a $1.9 billion e-commerce giant, and the AFR says it has spent most of the year growing its distribution network and team to cope with what is said would be a record Boxing Day for the business. The website now gets 300 visits per minute to its online shop, making the coronavirus the pandemic Kogan had to have. It's extraordinary. 2020 has changed so many things. Peter, thanks so much. Cheers. Time to check sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett, like so many Australians, Aussie cricket stars are facing being separated from their families this Christmas Yes, uh, good morning Tash and it's due to that ever-changing situation uh, with Sydney Unfortunately, Cricket Australia have had to change their COVID-19 protocols and that's a big deal for Steve Smith He's been separated from his uh, partner Danny for 121 days and he actually posted on social media how much he was looking forward to being reunited um, with her for Christmas ahead of the Boxing Day test. They normally have a big Christmas lunch, all the Aussie cricketers, it's a big deal, but that won't be happening. Uh, now, she actually got out of Sydney in time, uh, got across the border and thought she'd just have to isolate for uh, three days and then be reunited with uh, Steve. But uh, Cricket Australia have said, unfortunately, not. So they'll be kind of close. They'll both be in the same city, but won't be together for Christmas. Now, Steve Smith isn't the only player that this uh, affects. It's also uh, Tim Payne and even the coach Justin Langer won't have their partners with them for Christmas Day. David Warner and Sean Abbott won't be there either. Now, David Warner was in doubt for the Boxing Day test with a groin injury. Sean, Sean uh, Abbott had a calf strain. He was unlikely to be suspended anyway, but not only will he not be fit, David Warner, he also won't be with the team again uh, due to the, the COVID-19 protocols. He's in um, in Melbourne, but he's uh, sort of training separately from the rest of the squad. Um, so again, it's, uh, cricketers aren't immune to everything that's going on in Sydney at the moment. Yeah, like a lot of families this Christmas, very, very tough couple of days ahead. Also making news in the sporting world today, Brett, is more controversy in the BBL. Yeah, we spoke about this yesterday, the decision review system, the fact that they don't have that in, in the BBL, thinking that it slows the game down, but it comes unstuck when you have absolute howlers and that's really what review systems and all sports are, are brought in for is to avoid those absolute uh, howlers that are, that are really obvious and especially when you've got broadcasters with you know, a dozen cameras that can find every angle uh, unfortunately last night Brisbane Heat on the wrong end of that uh, we had uh, Tom Cooper who was uh, batting clearly got his bat to the ball the umpire though giving that uh, LBW and Shane Warne on commentary was absolutely livid and uh, said that this needs to change if we want the BBL to be one of the best competitions in the world. In the end, it didn't make a huge difference for the the Brisbane Heat. They remain winless this season, lost to the Strikers last night uh, by two runs. They were set 151 
to chase down. They fell to eight for 68. Looked like it was all over. And Jimmy Pearson and Mujib Rahman came in. A BBL record ninth wicket stand. They put on 60 runs. They almost got there. Pearson opted not to run three times in the final over. He was backing himself to hit a boundary. He did on the last ball. But as I said, they lost by uh, two runs. So... Yeah, a bit of a, a strange night at the BBL last night. Yes, and Brett, I love a secret meeting. A young Broncos star has been caught in a not-so-secret meeting now with Melbourne Storm. <laughs> yeah, it was Xavier Coates. He's a 19, absolute star on the rise. Now, we know the Broncos have already lost uh, David Fafita to the Titans. They really can't afford to lose another young star. He's contracted for next season, so this would be for 2022. As you said, a secret meeting that wasn't so secret. I think if you're going to hold a secret meeting, maybe do it in a location where people can't see you, like a, a hotel room um, or maybe hire a, a space to meet or do it over Zoom. But instead, Xavier Coates and Craig Bellamy, the coach of the Storm, were snapped at a, a cafe on the Gold Coast sitting at the front, the Gold Coast uh, Coffee Club, and uh, they were caught by the Daily Telegraph. So that's now now everywhere. Now, his manager... Xavier Coates isn't really hiding the fact that he's had this meeting. He said a number of clubs are interested. They're in no rush to make a decision. He wants to see what the Broncos are like uh, in the first year under Kevy Walters before he kind of decides what he's going to do. And he was also spotted in North Queensland a couple of weeks ago as well. Not with uh, the Cowboys, but he was certainly there. And we know the Cowboys are one club who uh, is, is very uh, keen. But uh, no doubt the Broncos will have a few questions about that secret meeting when Xavier Coates uh, returns to training. Maybe they wanted it to be a not-so-secret meeting, one may say. Maybe they wanted to get caught. Exactly. (laughs) Brett, (laughs) thanks so much. Happy Thursday. Yeah, thank you, Tash. Checking the weather details around the country this Christmas Eve, partly cloudy conditions on the way today for Brisbane with a top of 28. 27 and partly cloudy today for Sydney. Possible morning shower on the way for Melbourne with just a top of 19 degrees today. Partly cloudy and 27 for Canberra. An afternoon shower or two on the way for Hobart with just 18 degrees today. Mostly sunny and a very nice 26 degrees for Adelaide today. Gosh, very hot conditions on the way for Perth today. Hot and sunny with a high of 40 degrees. And showers and a possible storm on the way for Darwin with a top of 32. And Facebook has shut down the official page of controversial chef Pete Evans. His profile has been removed by the social media giant for continuing to share information about coronavirus and vaccines with his followers. A Facebook spokesperson says it made the decision because of repeated breaches of its misinformation and harm policies. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. Please rate and review and you can also follow us on your socials at Your Morning Agenda on Instagram. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks for your company. We want to take this opportunity to wish all of our lovely listeners a very Merry Christmas and a happy and safe New Year. We will be back with all your letters breaking news and sport from Monday the 11th of January. But over the next two weeks, please enjoy our summer edition where we will look back at the top news stories that have set the agenda in 2020 and will still be making news throughout 2021. A new episode will be in your podcast feed every weekday morning. Take care, stay safe and have a great day.